evening, everybody, and welcome to the now 13th episode of the Los Chingones Baseball Club podcast, presented to you by MLB Trash Talkers and Stadium Beer Bros. It is Thursday, June 11th at approximately 8.28 p.m. Pacific time. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for joining us on this evening as we record our now 13th episode. Last week, we intended to record episode number 12. Let's go ahead and call that our lost episode. Due to some of the current social climate, out of respect, we decided to just not proceed with that episode. So we're now on number 13, and it's great to have everybody on tonight, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. Before I uh, kind of introduce the topics for tonight, I'm just going to go around the horn and introduce the starting lineup. And before I do that, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Zach for sending me over a beer care package. I'm working on a Latitude 33 Blood Orange IPA, so thank you, Zach. Of course. I am a huge beer advocate, but tonight I'm drinking some high-quality H2O. Before we began the podcast, you had said something that you were just going to do 10 days of no beer. What day are you on? Uh, This is day number four, so I'm just going to do a hard 10, clear it out a little bit. You know, I've been having a lot of fun the past couple weeks. Things have been reopening. This weekend was my first experience at a restaurant, which was a little weird (laughs) for not doing it for (laughs) two and a half months or whatever it was, but uh, I went out and enjoyed myself this past weekend. So I'm just trying to clean it up and clear it out. I'll be back to enjoying some craft beer soon enough. Thank you for being on, Zach. Izzy, you there? I am. Glad to be back, guys. Happy to see you guys here on my screen. Hopefully soon we'll be all together in person. I am drinking on a new beer I've just found today, actually. It is from Institution Ale Company. The beer is called West Coast or Die. As you guys can see, uh, the art cover on the can is pretty awesome. Uh, flavor-wise, very good. It's not strong. It's not bitter. It's real smooth. Great for this weather. Percentage-wise, is 7.1, which is a good amount, but it's not overpowering. I recommend it if you guys see it out there. I think 7.1 is now like the new norm for our podcast sessions. So that's the light and easy drinking stuff. Honestly, if I'm not drinking anything less than a 7.1, I feel like I'm going to get shamed. That ain't what Jimmy Locks is drinking, though. Oh, shit. Let's see what Jimmy's working on. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm glad to be back today, man. Today, I am enjoying the brewery's cherry pie. And let me tell you, it's one of those dessert beers that just taste amazing. But this is a whopping 10.2%. I'm going to go to sleep pretty good tonight after this one, man. How many beers are you on right now? Uh, this is my second one. Okay, so you're a little. You're, are you? Are you drink yet? That's our inside joke, by the way. <laughs> Not yet. I'll be there after this. That's the there. idea. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Andrew, you there? Yeah, dude, I'm here. I'm excited to get to some baseball topics. We haven't really been able to touch on too many current events lately, so I'm excited to get into it. The most recent beer that I had was this afternoon for lunch. I had a Carl Strauss Boat Shoes IPA. Very solid beer. Always grab it whenever I see it on tap. But tonight, I'm also sticking to water. Ricky, as you know, I just got back in from Vegas last night. So I'm trying to recover a little bit. Need a couple days off. For our listeners, Andrew and I actually had the opportunity to hang out in Las Vegas this past Monday. I mean, I was knocked out by midnight. Uh, Him and I actually went to go visit a local brewery actually down the street from where I live called Big Dogs Brewing. You know, we had a few beers there, and then we ended up playing craps. By midnight, I was done. How late were you out till? <laughs> uh, I think Zach messaged me, and I posted on my story on Instagram at about 5.50 a.m. I mean, you know how it is. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> You've been to Vegas, you know. 
<laughs> you never walk away while you're on a heater, right? Yeah, exactly. I was up 300 at that point. I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep going a little bit. And then I saw the sun coming out. So time to go. That is awesome. I'm glad you had a great time, man. And thanks for hanging out on Monday. Yeah, of course. Always glad to see you, buddy. Absolutely. All right, who we got next? Jesus, you there? Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm here. Glad to be back after not recording last week. I'm working on a hazy IPA from Belching Beaver called Haters Gonna Haze, which I think is amazing. It's not as strong as Jimmy's. It's only a measly 6.6, but still pretty tasty. And something interesting I found out this weekend is that Belching Beaver is still not in the Bay. I was talking to one of the Oakland fans uh, on our Stadium Beers Bro Facebook page. We were just talking beer, and they said next time they come down to Southern California, they're definitely going to try Belching Beaver. Belching Beaver is one of my personal favorite breweries down in uh, North County. Thank you for being on tonight. Lastly, but not least, Ralph, are you there? Hey, guys. I'm really happy to see all you guys. I know it's been kind of hectic in the world, but uh, I'm just excited to you know talk a little baseball. And right now I'm drinking one of my all-time favorites, Peach Support Swammy IPA. It's a 6.8, kind of taking it easy as well. Been a hard week at work. But uh, yeah, man, I'm just really glad to see you guys. And I think we're all excited just because the last tweet from our commissioner, Rob Manfred, was there will be baseball this year, end quote. Um, So that got me going. I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm excited for the game to come back. And I think that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, about how like a lot of leagues have already figured it out, but we're waiting for our favorite one too. Diana Toxin Baseball. We're always happy to see you too, Ralphie. Thank you for being on tonight. You know, this is the first time in almost eight weeks that we've kind of gone with, not without an agenda, but you know, we've always had like a guest lined up. And I thank all of our special guests for joining us. We've had quite a few. But tonight, it's going to be just us talk current events with baseball. And um, whoever wants to have the floor, let's just jump into it, you guys. Well, like I said before, uh, Rob Manfred, our commissioner of baseball, said uh, there will be baseball this year. So I think we're all excited about that. But, you know, I think the one thing uh, we all wanted to kind of touch on is every league has, for the most part, has figured it out. You know, NASCAR is back. We're enjoying races. Uh, Football's coming back. As far as I can tell, they're saying they're just going to go business as usual. We have NHL playoff coming back as well in that format that they're going to do, the MLS Today, put out all the brackets for a really cool World Cup-style playoff kind of thing. So that's really exciting. And uh, I think we've all kind of talked about it. We just don't know why baseball hasn't really figured it out. I've said to the guys privately that uh, I just think it's kind of weird that the only sport that doesn't have a salary cap has been the only sport that hasn't really been able to figure it out. Uh, It's a little disheartening just because I know we all love the game so much. And um, You know, but at the same time, I get that health is a big thing. But, you know, the more we see it, it kind of feels like more of an afterthought just because when we see like KBO playing and once again, all the other leagues that we saw that are already happening. And it's just we're we're not sure why it's not back. I think we are all in agreement that it's because of money. And uh, I don't know if a lot of baseball players or owners would say that. But um, as fans, that's what I see. I don't see anything else other than the only thing holding the game that we love back is money billionaires and millionaires arguing over who gets what let's just say there was no 2020 season let's just go off of that even though there there could be one back they're all going to get the same money next year if everything's the same if everything you know gets back to normal next year as far as sports goes they're all going to make what they make the fans will be back in the ballpark the owners will get what they get so to me it's just been a little disheartening I know the MLBPA and the MLB have thrown a bunch of offers at each other and it just kind of feels like tennis at this point nobody's happy and I would want to just know what you guys feel like as a fan 
I just don't think anybody's going to be satisfied. Like, are we going to be satisfied when they make up their minds? I just hope we have, like, at least an 80-game season because, I mean, July, that's when the All-Star break is and there's 82 games left. What the league had proposed 50 game, that was like a slap to the face of all baseball fans and all baseball players. That's all we want as baseball fans. We want at least 82 games. I'll be fine with 80 games. Whatever they decide, I just, I mean, honestly, I hope we have baseball. But just that 50 game proposal was a joke. Now, here's the thing with that is, you know, we're talking 50 games or potentially 89 games, somewhere along those lines, right? I forget who said it earlier, but during the pregame, somebody did mention what that does is when you're now contending for a playoff spot with only half a season to go now, think of it like right after the All-Star break. All of a sudden now there's a lot more urgency. There's very little margin for error. So no longer, oh, well, one loss in April. Okay, well, it's just one game. It's like, no, every single game is going to count. There's no more of that. And that's one, one of the biggest problems that I saw from a lot of like very casual fans. Oh yeah, we lost two games in the first week or opening day. That's okay. It's like, no, it's not okay. Because now you need that one win to secure a wild card. Now you as a fan, you're stressed out about it. Can you imagine what the players are going through? Seems since about what, 2005 to 2007 zone? That 163 game has happened quite a lot of times where you would think that that wouldn't happen as much as it has recently. It's all because of that one game that you lose late in April that you're just like, oh, we'll chalk it up, get out there for the next one tomorrow night, tomorrow morning. Wasn't it Andrew McCutcheon a couple of years ago who was complaining that they had to play an extra game because I forgot who they were tied with, but they ended up playing a 163rd game. And he's like, why do we have to only play one game for a wildcard spot? That game just hasn't been very great to the Pirates overall recently. Yeah. So I understand where it's coming from him because they haven't been able to get over that hump when they get to that 163 or they get to the wildcard game. It just hasn't been their strength, even when they had Garrett Cole. You know, the one thing I think it really creates if the season is this short, I think we've all seen like on Sunday Night Baseball or whatever, you know, with that atmosphere. And there's a word for it, that playoff atmosphere, right? Like even it's like a regular season game in like the middle of it, uh, depending on what teams play each other. I think we all kind of know what teams are going to be in the playoffs. And when they play each other in the regular season, that term is thrown around like, oh, this is like playoff atmosphere baseball. With a shortened season, I feel like we're going to get that the entire time. Because everything's dire. Like, you can't lose a game to, like, bad teams. And we don't even know who the good or bad teams are. I know on paper we could always determine, like, who's good and who's not. But you can't have a bad game. Every error will be crucial. Every loss that your team experiences will be bad. This potentially, as much as we might not like how it's set up, and we don't even know what that looks like yet, this could be some of the most exciting baseball we've all ever seen. Because, you know, now at the beginning of the season, everyone's in it, right? I mean, if you don't play 162 games, everybody's in it. I look at a team, I've said this to you guys, like the Reds. I really think in a shortened season, that team could do a lot of damage. And it's like a, a very intimidating team. I'm curious to how the divisions are going to be. Because I think then it'll give us like a more of a clear view of like, oh, yeah, they're done. Oh, yeah, that team's going to for sure win. You know, we, and we don't even know what that looks like. As a Dodger fan, I'm kind of excited because they're saying they might throw the Astros in our division. And, you know, I know I would love to see those teams compete against one another. They're saying universal DH, so there's going to be way more offense. Look, I think whatever the decision is, and I've talked to the guys about this, anything fewer than 80 games, I will not be happy with. I want 90 games because I think with 90 regular season games, with playoffs, that kind of gets us into the hundreds. 
which I feel like that would be the best because, you know, 162, I know some people have said, oh, baseball's too long, and I will never agree with them about that. But uh, I think the 90 or the 80 stretch, I think that would make us all happy. I think we could all live with that. And, and it, it would give a gauge on, a, well, it would just make us happy as baseball fans because we're getting a lot of baseball. I mean, 90 games isn't small. I mean, that's, that's not short. I just, I'm curious to see what the days off are going to look like. I'm curious to see how the travel is going to look like. But for all we know, once these guys make a decision, this potentially could be some of the most exciting baseball we have all ever seen. You know, we're talking the richest sport in probably the whole world. I mean, these guys get paid millions and millions of dollars, right? $30 million, which is ridiculous, man. For them not to be able to come to an agreement yet is very disappointing. And to have agents, player agents, becoming involved and in saying their two cents, like Scott Boris, for instance, you know? Yeah, like, Trevor Bauer talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. boy. Come on, dude. That has nothing to do with you. You're already getting paid. Let yeah. the players play. Yeah, let the yeah. players play who want to play and those that do not or cannot because of their health issues or whatever the case might be, don't let them play. No, they have that right. And it's obviously it's the right thing to do to not expose them to whatever's out there. I completely agree with that. I think at this point, they need to determine who's in, who's in and who's out, right? Like we already know COVID is a horrible thing. It's been around since March. We're in June. Whoever's scared to go out isn't going to go out. Everybody's determined that already. I think at that point, I think the commissioner basically at this point, you need to start making the list, man. Like, hey, who's in and who's out? The one thing I think we've talked about too is that'd be kind of interesting, right? What if like all the Astros say we're in? The entire Astros team. Because these guys are playing for something to prove. I think it's in their best interest to play. And also, I would love to see that because of this imagine if they go in and everybody plays Altuve Springer Correa everybody I'm talking the whole lineup and maybe some of the elite pitchers aren't pitching right and what if they tee off on them but what if they don't if they don't it would really prove that you guys need the bang bang system in order to hit and I think it's going to expose that team or it might. But here's my point. Like, do you guys think if they tee off on like minor league pitching or just like not the elite pitchers, does that solidify them as like, oh, look, we don't need to cheat. But if they don't, it's like, yeah, you totally needed to cheat. So I think that's an interesting take. Like if the full Astros lineup play, they're either damned if they do or they're damned if they don't. I mean, this season's already going to have an asterisk on it regardless. Whoever wins the championship or whatever happens during the season, you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's not a full season. Personally, myself, I wouldn't say uh, this would be a bad season. I wouldn't call it a World Series to get to that point. Maybe we have a season. Maybe we can change it up a little bit just for fun, quote-unquote, since it is not a normal season. It's not a normal year. And sports-wise, you know, everybody wants to be a champion. Yes, we get that. But how about we just make it different as opposed to the traditional way? Because we're not playing a traditional season. Change it up a little bit. You know, I think this really affects teams, too, that never won a World Series. And uh, we got a couple of Padres fans here, not to jab at you guys. But uh, let's be honest. Look, guys, you guys have been wanting this forever. That's the top of the mountain. It's the pinnacle of baseball. You know, holding that trophy up, that's another team I think is poised to do a lot of damage in a shortened season because I, I wouldn't want to – how many teams would want to face the Padres this year with the lineup that they have that say everyone's healthy? As Padre fans, how would that make you feel? Win a 90-game series, hoisting that trophy up for your city, does it take anything away from it? Absolutely not, because what if it happened to a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox, a big market team? If it happens where one of those teams wins it, it's sort of expected. 
and we as fans won't hear the end of it. Like, yeah, we're World Series champions. Let's be real. If the Dodgers win the World Series, we're not going to hear the end of it for a couple of years. If it's a small market team, then we have to hear it from the opposing fans. Well, oh, well, you guys won an abbreviated season. There's an asterisk. Whoever wins this particular season, everybody's going to get that asterisk no matter what. Oh, you You're absolutely right. Season, this and that, whatever. doesn't matter who it is. But I mean... But at the end of the day, really though, everybody, everybody has that same equal opportunity to win that Absolutely. World Series. True. Yeah. No doubt. Totally. But from where you're coming from, Ralphie, personally, like, I don't know how to say this. I would say that this wouldn't be the year that I would want it the most. I would definitely want it in a normal season, of course, like any fan would. But in a season like this, being able to have Dodger fans hold the short season championship over our heads forever – like, I, I don't want to hear that, man. I, I just don't want to hear that forever. It's the same way the other way around for you guys a little bit, because I know you guys have been in contention for years now, and it's not exactly the same. But you guys would hear it from fans of every organization in Major League Baseball. We would pretty much only be hearing it from the National League West, especially the Giants and the Dodgers. But you guys would be hearing it from everybody. Is that right. something that you would want to deal with? I know you'd be breaking the streak since 1988, but is that something that you're prepared to argue about for the rest of your life? How I feel about that is this. I'm a Dodger fan. I'm ready for anything. I mean, it is what it is. The 2017 team and the 2018 was poised to win a World Series. Say what you want to say. I think the Astros took that away from us. I think Alex Cora took that away from us in 2018. And, and look, I honestly think the 2017 team was the team that was going to do it. I've joked around with you guys. If the Dodgers win this World Series, I'm just treating it as the 2017 title that I feel was kind of stripped or robbed from them. I think from a Padres perspective, this is how I feel. You guys shouldn't care. Straight up, because everybody already holds the no World Series, so really they're gonna they're gonna hold the oh you guys want a short one. I would just say screw you. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got it. Who gives a shit and how it happened? And I think that's where the games really go into this factor. Fifty games? No, because that was already proposed by the MLB, which is ridiculous. Eighty to ninety going into a hundred games. I think anybody can be proud of that because who can make fun of you? when you know how messed up this year has been as far as COVID, right? Like how yeah. it affected everybody. Honestly, I think uh, Padres fans got like thick skin at this point. You know what I mean? So yeah. my question is, would have rather, to, man. Yeah, would you rather keep getting made fun of for not winning one or saying, screw it. Yeah, we won a short one, but we won it. And then yeah. when you look at, when you look at the team, I mean, when you look at, I mean, who to say they wouldn't have won it in the regular season. I, I think, that we're, we're talking Dodgers Padres here and anybody who's listening, sorry, but that's the teams we love. I feel like that's the team. It was a two horse race in the NL West. Anyway, it was going to be the Dodgers or the Padres and in a playoff series. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. And I, I think the number of the game is really going to determine that vibe, right? Because look, whoever wants to talk shit is going to talk shit. It's, it's really how it affects you. Correct. Yeah. I, think, I feel you uh, though, man. I totally yeah. feel you on that aspect of it because you're right. Who cares what the other ones say? Because right. the Yankee fans would be the first ones to say that we have half a championship. But if they won it, they'd be going out having their 28th parade for three exactly. weeks. Exactly. Absolutely. They wouldn't care how they got it. Like, Yankee fans would celebrate in a 20-game season, and they would, they would shove it in our face Even exactly like if it was 162. Coming after one of their greatest, Mariano Rivera. We're going to come back to that quote, man. You can't play a 60-game season and call yourself a champion. I guess you know, the minimum for me would be 80. Yeah, 80. I think we all can agree with that, guys, right? Like, if it's not 80 games. I mean, I, at that I, point, I, just give me 81, though. Give me exactly Right. 
Ab- yeah, absolutely. anyone, because it has to be half, man. Yeah, I think that's really what's going to determine it. You know, I think it's the length of the game. And, and you know, maybe, once again, the MLB proposed 50, which is, I don't even know what that was. That's garbage. It, it, it was pretty bad. I don't think that resonated well with any baseball fan. I think everybody saw that and just was like, wait, hold on, what is that? So I'm hopeful that it's going to be 80 to 90. I think we've all said we're good with 81. I, I hope they come to that agreement because that's just half. I mean, half of the season is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. My point is this, man. Whoever wins it is going to earn it. And I, I really think the, the number of the games is really going to determine that. But um, it, it, it kind of is what it is at this point. I hate saying that we have to kind of just get whatever we get. But um, honestly, if you don't respect the baseball team that wins like half a season or 90 games into a playoff, then you know what? Get off, man. You're like, you know, you're not on the right team. We all worship the game. We all love, you know, what, what the guys do. And every, every player is going to play just as hard. So I'm going to respect any team that wins it. We all have to really kind of come to grasp with this is not a normal year. This is what we get. And whoever wins it, you're the champion. I don't care who wins it. If you win it, I'll respect it. And if you don't, you're a hater. Well, like I said, man, it's it's equal opportunity. It's not like one team has to play 45 games while the other's going to have to play 90. We're all going to play, you know, whether 50 games or 90 games. Speaking about the shortened season, have you guys thought about, like, how more drastic these injuries might – if you're out for a month in the regular season, like, yeah, that sucks, but still got a lot of time to go. In this season, a month for a star player like Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, that's just going to peg the team, if you will. But these injuries is what has been in the back of my mind. Like, it's going to suck when you see a star player go down because that team might struggle. It'll be some different season-ending injuries from, than from what we're used to because now season-ending injuries will be season-ending injuries for possibly two seasons because they will be out for next year, too, because they'll be getting those injuries in July and August. And also – Injuries like a high ankle sprain, something that lingers and doesn't go away for quite a long time, could last a whole season. Those can be very problematic for teams in this situation. And injuries could really create some big opportunity. When I saw the Dodgers starting rotation, I couldn't believe May wasn't in it. I couldn't believe Gosselin wasn't in it. For example, what if one of the starting pitchers for the Padres goes down? I mean, Mackenzie Gore just gets called up, right? I mean, that, at that you got to kind of throw him into the fire, right? We got to see what you can do now because I think uh, Jesus touched on that. I think injuries will be really weird looking now. And I think we've touched on that too, how like, you know, your bench is your strength, right? Like if you got a lot of people that can step up and play multiple positions, you know, that might not hamstring you, no pun intended, and what might determine, like, the future of the team as far as, like, that season goes. I think that's one of the interesting things, too. Like, you know, there is no minor league. There's no minor league. There's no triple A. There's no double A. There's no single A. Like, where are you going to go when a guy goes down? And we just saw the draft happen. Do you just throw one of your guys that you just drafted? Because I don't know when they're going to play baseball. So injuries are going to be weird. You know, the one thing I wanted to touch on, too, guys, Let's just say there's an 80-game season. Are there mid-season trades? Could there be trades? They might, they're I, probably going to have to iron out a different trade deadline. There's no way it can be July 1st, right? For example, or, let's, sorry, just July say, 31st. let's just say the fire sale Marlins, right? How they love doing this, right? Let's just say it's a, it's a 90 game or 80 game, 40 games pass, you've won 10 games or whatever, right? Or like, I think at that point, it's going to be clear cut and who's out of it. Should that limit a team from being able to get better in trades? Are there going to be no trades? Is there a midseason trade deadline? I don't think there are going to be that many trades. Like you said, with the fire sell Marlins, 
I think with them, they're not the best team right now. So to them, in the back of their minds, they might be thinking that they're not going to be winning the World Series. But then again, anything can happen. But maybe is what like I'm thinking. Like This is like a practice year for them. Let's get these guys a little better. Let's let's see who we can improve. Let's get some of the minor league guys up here. Let's make this team better. That's just what I'm thinking. I'm not sure how Derek Jeter or any other owner is thinking, but let's just say like Jordan Yamamoto has like a 0.9 ERA through 40 games, but the Marlins have only won like 15. What if a ball club comes up to you and be like, "Look, dude, we want this guy. What do you want from us?" That this, I don't think this could a, be the year that that works out for teams. Right. If right. If a contending team in a full season comes after the Marlins and asks about Jordan Yamamoto in May, they'll tell him to fuck off straight up. Right. Right. And Absolutely. In a situation like this, I mean, the Marlins could definitely fleece some teams out of some prospects if they're desperate and they're going for it. Because there's definitely going to be some teams with a different mindset that I have, which will be that this is our best chance and we need to do it now instead of oh well I don't know we can wait another year this season's been weird like you said teams like the Reds they have this roster right now and losing another year of age on all those arms you know that could be a team that could go for it the Mets could be a team that could go for it that also really affects the one-year deal guys right or the guys that only have one year you know left on their contract I don't know if that's going to – because I know there's a trade deadline, but what if the trade deadline is still the same deadline, right? Like, what if a team honestly just comes up to you and be like, look, man, we want this guy. What What do you want from us? Could be some of the craziest trades we've ever probably seen in our lives, to be honest. Like Andrew said, like, what if a team like the Reds steps up and be like, man, we're too good. Maybe we need to get better. And they'll go up to a team, like, in the first 30, 40 games, they're out of it. You know, should you, if a team calls you and be like, look, we want this guy, we'll give you X amount of players. A team is going to be like, well, yeah, we'll take him and take this guy. Maybe he's got a one-year deal left as well, right? I know that hasn't been talked about yet, but I don't think that should limit teams from trading whatever they want. I think winning a 50-game season, if that's what's going to happen. But by the way, Ralphie, love you to death, my dude. They are not playing a 90-game season. It's just not going to happen. They missed that chance already. They should have been already in spring training and already doing stuff by now. They missed that window of opportunity because even if they agree to something tomorrow, which hallelujah, that'd be sweet if they did, they would have to take another week to get everyone into spring training. You have spring training 2.0, which is supposed to last three weeks. And now we're in the middle of July and they still haven't played one game yet. And their goal is to not have this drag into November. Their goal is to play October baseball and have that be the postseason. The reason I'm going to flip this conversation on its head is I think it's more impressive if the team is able to win a championship in a 50-game season because guess what? The Yankees should have no excuse not to win this championship. The Dodgers should have no excuse not to win this championship. This is going to be the easiest one they should be able to win. And if they're unable to do it, they have zero excuse. So I think it creates more opportunity. I think the 50-game plan – is for 16 teams in the playoffs, which would resemble the basketball seating. You know, one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, that sort of thing. You would still actually get 80 games. If all these series went the distance, you would get close to like 83, 85 games. So I think you get to that number of games. I think every game is so impactful. And it does give more teams a chance to make the postseason. You know, I'm going to reference basketball here. The New Orleans Pelicans were like not even relevant, but with the new playoff seating, they fit Zion Williams into the playoffs 
you know, I think that's the whole reason they made it like 11 teams on each side. I swear to God. You're not wrong, Zach. You know, so. And that would be exciting to watch. Very exciting to watch. You know, last season, the Mets, the Diamondbacks, really feel good stories. Those teams would make the playoffs in this format. Those teams would have made the playoffs. And guess what? The Nationals don't get to start 19 and 31 and make the playoffs. You don't get to be that bad for that extended period of a time. You have to play competitive baseball right from the get-go. I think it could be super exciting. It would be way different. Yes, it wouldn't feel the same. Of course it wouldn't feel the same. None of this is going to feel the same. It doesn't matter if we get even 80, 90 games, which I hope that it happens, but I just don't see that path anymore. I think they just they missed the chance to do that. So yeah, th- That boat has sailed, right? Like if we met somewhere in the middle, like 68, 70 games, it's not 162, but it's not going to be 162. No matter how much we want it, we would be like, hey, just play at San Diego High School stadiums and play all the way into December, and we'd be good. We'd go to those games. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do yeah. that. No, you're right. Yeah. There's- right. To add a little bit more to that, uh, since you brought up the NBA, Zach, I was reading really the headline. I didn't read the entire article, but NBA players that are not willing to participate, they are going to get replaced with substitutes because they want to play, obviously, or whatever whether it be bench players, G League players, who knows what those substitutes are going to be. Maybe the same thing should be implemented in the uh, MLB if and when the season starts. I feel like in finding those substitutes is that the NBA has so much more of a market to dive into. They have so many leagues in Europe, great players getting drafted from Europe every year. You have the G League, now you have the big three league where if you have some star players that aren't going to play during this pandemic season, there's definitely some players in the league that are just a little bit older that can make a roster with those guys missing. And then, of course, you have collegiate players that miss their season or at least half of their season this year. And you got the NBA draft still coming. And those guys are going to be able to step in and have an immediate role. Baseball is just not the same. The pool of players that baseball has are already within these organizations, and these players just, they're they're simply just not ready yet, most of the time. And the MLB is not a sport where a player gets drafted 1 1 and comes up to the majors in even two years, most of the time. Like, that's an anomaly when that happens. And you know, a guy is really special. Like, Bryce Harper came up in what, almost two years, and everyone just thought that was unbelievable. But that was the only guy that we really expected it out of, given his height coming out of high school. You know, the NBA just has so much more avenues to find those players than the MLB does. Because, not to take anything away from the KBO, but before this all happened and we could only watch the KBO, the only players that were American that were playing over there were guys that just couldn't stick on an MLB roster as it was anyway, and that's why they were there. The players that are in Korea... They would be here already if they were good enough to be here. The players in Japan, for the most part, except for a couple, I'm sure, that just want to live in Japan for the rest of their lives and don't want to move here, would be here if they were good enough to be here. The MLB is just different in that aspect. What Zach said is pretty true, man. I think we got to let go of the number. You know, we're so used to baseball being so long, right? We're just so used to it. But how many regular season games in the NBA? 82. And I, and, I, did, and, I did fudge up. I said Zion Williams. Zion Williamson. That's terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> how do I like sports? What is sports? I don't know. But um, that's interesting now that I'm thinking about it. Like, you know, we all accept that. How many regular season football games? What, like 17? <laughs> right? Like, that's how much that is. So 
we all enjoy leagues and other leagues that don't have 162 games perfectly well and we accept those championships we accept them we're like it's good it's fine it's i'm sure we all want 30 regular season nfl games right because we love our team so much and we love football i think you're right zach i think i've just fallen in love with the number i've fallen in love with how long baseball is to the point where i kind of feel weird saying like oh if it's not this i wouldn't like it and honestly i think every baseball fan should feel that way like you know, at this point, yeah, I think you're right. We just got to let go of the number. And whatever it is, they're going to play hard. They're going to be competitive. I feel like every baseball player, you should be out there. Obviously, the ones that don't want to participate, it is what it is. But uh, I've said this to you guys, too. Like, you know, to me, the Dodgers aren't the players. To me, the Dodgers are whoever wants to put on the jersey. I love the front of the jersey more than I love the back of the jersey. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just want to see be. my – Yeah, I just want to see my team succeed. And I think we all feel that, you know? So at this point – I'm going to let go. I'm letting go of the number, dude, straight up. Like, I just want to see baseball. No matter what the number is, I just feel like all these teams are going to give it their all. And, you know, a champion's a champion, dude. You can't take that away from anybody. If the rules are set up this way and, you know, obviously it's a very odd year, who gives a crap what the number is? Like, if you win, you won and you earned it. And that's it. If anybody wants to say anything otherwise, your team probably didn't win. That's going to be our out. Oh, you're only saying that because your team didn't win in a short season. You're extra salty. You're extra mad. You know, you couldn't even do it then. So why not respect the team that went out, grinded, won, and beat everybody? This is what it is. Now go out and do it. I'm sold, Zach. You sold me. And, and you're absolutely right. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. And I'm just like, I love this game. I want to see games. I don't even care if I get one series real quick just to circle back what Andrew was talking about earlier Steven Strasburg made his debut after being drafted one year later I believe the last guy to get drafted and play in the major league the same season Dave Winfield got drafted same year he was in the major leagues I don't know if that's the last guy but yeah I think I'm, right that's on that the one. only one I can name so i didn't know that that's dave winfield dave winfield had offers to play for the minnesota vikings he could have played in the nba he was just a super athlete so that was kind of a one of a generation player he was one of a kind but maybe bo jackson i don't know Ooh, bo knows. like that yeah well, yeah. he played baseball and football, right? Yeah, yeah. Only, yeah. only Bo yeah. would know that. <laughs> you got to throw in Deion Sanders in that. Yep, Deion Sanders. Yeah. yeah, I think those guys were just got different it. because obviously they played football first, right? So they come in, they didn't really have to spend a lot of time in the minors. They all knew what they were capable of. They were already athletic, you know, so they already had the ability. They, they were already in there. athletes. When what they about Jordan's them? abilities? With the, with the... I was just about to say, Michael Jordan <laughs> still needs some more ABs in the minors. No, no. Yeah, but yeah. Michael Jordan chose to play baseball. He wasn't right. getting recruited by teams to be like, Michael, please come play baseball instead of playing football or basketball in his case. But hey, The White Sox in the 90s were like, yes, We'll see. Yeah, yeah. No problem. <laughs> Ticket sales. Yes. Roll them up. But guys, the only thing that I wonder with this is, you know, we were hearing rumblings about this for a while. I don't know if we're ever going to see 162 again. Honestly, we, we've been hearing that for years, how they need to cut the schedule a little bit. And some teams were in favor and some teams weren't. So with this season, who knows when the season's going to end? I don't know, like off the top of my head, if an 80-game schedule starts in July, if it'll still have the World Series around the last week of October, or if it'll be a little bit later. But I feel like next year's schedule might have to be consolidated a little bit as well, depending on how late it goes. 
And in that case, two years with a different schedule, if they end up next year at, let's say, 135 game schedule around there, they might never go back to 162. By the way, December 2021, new CBA. Yeah, that's going to be fun. (laughs) Strike. That's why they need to figure this out. They got to figure it out because you're going to have disgruntled players. And guess what? They might play out next season just fine, but the following year, you know, it could be three years of just, for lack of a better term, bullshit. It could be just bullshit for three years. I need them to figure it out. And if they agree on 50 games, sign me up. Max Scherzer tweeted this out towards the owners of baseball. He said, some owners have mentioned that owning a team isn't very net profitable, dot, dot, dot. You know what other company isn't very net profitable? Amazon. I saw that. I actually think, I can't remember who in the Cardinals organization said that baseball to them is not very like profitable. They just kind of do it to do it kind of thing. And I think that struck, I struck me totally the wrong way. It just really goes to show how much money is involved in this sport. I've said before, I just, you know, to me, the proof is in the pudding where it's like the only sport that has no salary cap is the only sport that this year has. They're they're complaining about money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, if everything is normal next year, they're going to make the same amount of money. Like none of these guys are going to go hungry. None of these guys, the players, the owners, nobody's going hungry. If there's a shortened season, if there's not a shortened season, if there is a season, you know what I mean? Even, you know, that's the thing that strikes me the hardest about this. Even if there was no 2020 season, you know, at this point, guys, it breaks my heart to say it. I'm okay with it, man. I'm okay. Like, you know, if, if they all determine, you know what, not in our best interest, we're just not going to play baseball this year. We'll go back to it next year. Then at that point, everybody's on the same playing field. Everybody's like level. Everybody's whole. They're, they're not settling with anything. I think us as fans, we just want it so bad to come back because obviously we love this game so much. But, you know, at the end of the day, they don't care. They're going to do what they got to do and what's in their best interest for them and their money and this and that. I think we're all just so hopeful and Zach touched on it that, you know, if you give me 50 games, I'm good. You're happy with it. I think I'm on the same level now, too. I mean, it is what it is. I can accept any champion that whatever this season produces, it is what it is because every guy's going to play hard. Yeah, Ralphie, and yeah, that was uh, the Cardinals owner, Bill DeWitt Jr., that said baseball industry isn't very profitable. This is actually a quote from, I'm not going to say the name, but it's a former executive of the Toronto Blue Jays and former president of MLB. He once boasted, I can turn a $4 million profit into a $2 million loss and get every national accounting firm to agree with me. That's so awful. I'll leave that at that. That's awful. That. It, it just really goes to show what they're interested in, man, or what their, you know, where their heart is at. You know, that's the one thing that's taught me the most about this season, well, not season, is that, you know, we're, we're really seeing what these guys are all about. As shitty as it sounds, you know, they always talk about the passion and this and that. Now, now, it, it, they're, they're kind of losing me on that front. It's very disheartening. It just, it just kind of sucks at that point. We just heard a Cardinal president and Max Scherzer and all this. It's like, man... What the hell's going on here, right? What happened to when Vince Scully said this is a kid's game played by adults? It doesn't really feel that way right now. <laughs> you know, a lot of the passion has really been taken out because of the money. At the end of the day, some of these owners, they don't care what the fans think. Just look at some of the, the unnamed owners that are trimming payroll down. Yeah, I mean, and, this kid's game can make big boy money. We know that. There's a reason they don't make their books available for everyone to see. And you know what? 
I listen to various sports outlets, podcasts, whatever, what have you. They mentioned even the Green Bay Packers, which is a publicly owned franchise, will uh, try to make things seem like they're all gravy. They'll talk about how the Packers are one of the richest franchises and this, that, and the other. They cook the books. I mean, the funny thing is that businesses do this. You know, this is highly illegal stuff. But because they're not publicly owned and not publicly traded, they don't have to share their financial information with everyone. These guys are killing it. All these owners, they're making so much money. I kind of got in a little debate with one of my buddies about this topic. You know, he was saying the owners need to pony up. And I totally agree with that statement. They are going to take an L every day that they play baseball. But they're still going to be in the plus. You know what I mean? These TV deals have them just making so much money. Even if they lose $25 million for one yeah. year, like... There could be so many more cascading effects for years to come if you don't play baseball at all. Think about this. For how many years have they been charging us, the fans, $15 a beer? Yep. And and we all know that they're not buying that at $15. It's all wholesale bulk, right? Yeah. And if if they were to open up their books, like you said, Zach, and we were to see exactly how much they're making profit wise just off of one beer, that's not going back to the other concessions or the ticket sales. Oh, I can tell you how much a beer costs and it'll make you not feel good about buying beer ever again. So I don't know that you want to go down that yeah. path, but it's, it's, it's a small amount of money. It's like cents to make a beer and put it in a can, you know, especially for these big companies, you go buy that $15 Bud Light, Budweiser, it costs them less than a dollar to make that thing. Yeah. It's, for a top and a Modelo, $12.50. That's, that's so a thousand percent profit. So I mean- yeah. I think we've all been there. I think Ken and Ricky touched on that. I think like, none of us are rich men. You know, it is what it is. We, we try our hardest to do what we got to do. But uh, there have been those days where, and everybody listening to this could probably say the same thing. Yeah, I think I watched the game at home today. And I think we all know what we mean by that, right? <laughs> like, get hammered pack, for way cheaper. Exactly. Go get my 12 pack. I'm just going to sit home and enjoy the game the same way I would. Obviously, just the smell of the grass and the crack of the bat and just, you know, guys, that's, that's why we love the game so freaking much. Man, and that's straight why up, we there's do- been times where I've gone to Peco Park, gone to the tailgate lot for $15, just sat there, listened to the game on the radio. I was close enough to smell the smells of the stadium and sat there with a 30-rack Coors Light or whatever else we had and had ourselves an evening. Sometimes you're down for that cheap out way, but obviously there's no way to do that when you're in the ballpark. And damn, it feels good, right? It feels great. It feels just as good doing exactly what Andrew just said. And now I think they're being exposed, man. I'm glad Ricky touched on that. I mean, they, they really are being exposed right now. Like, we all do it. We all go to the ballpark. We all love doing that. I know I don't mind throwing them all my money because I just don't care because, once again, smell of the grass, crack of the bat, take me out to the ball game, seventh inning stretch. That, that's what we've fallen in love with. Have they taken advantage of that? It sounds like they have right? It really sounds like they have, like, you know what? They'll come anyway. It doesn't matter. And I wanted to touch on this too, you know, like, look at my team. I love the Dodgers. They don't have one owner. They have an ownership group that owns this team. You get me? None of these people are getting broke. They're all going to be just fine. Everybody that owns the Dodgers or has like a, you know, a stake in it, they're fine. Nothing's going to happen to them. That kind of breaks my heart. Do I still love it as much? Absolutely, I do. But I think baseball got really exposed this year. Does maybe did that need to happen? I don't know. It happened. And now we're raising all these questions. And that's very interesting because here I am just missing the game. 
hey, look at my bank account uh, a little better than, you know, when the season starts because I go to a bunch of baseball games. I love going to San Diego. I'm from L.A., so, you know, I travel to San Diego. I get a hotel room. I get the tickets. That all costs money, and I do it just because I love watching my team travel. And now these guys are fighting over millions when here we are giving what we have to them. And that sucks. It really does. Well, since we're talking about money, I wanted to bring up another <laughs> aspect here. So that deal that the minor leaguers had where they were getting their weekly allowance during COVID-19 shutdown has ended for the most part. Like some of those players would have just been normal cuts after spring training and, you know, it was just expected. But there was countless others that ended up getting cut because of the cancellation that is likely to come from the minor league season. You know, there's some teams, Royals, the Tigers, and the Twins, that didn't cut any of their minor leaguers, but there's some that cut up to 50. So that's a lot of guys out of jobs, a lot of guys not making paychecks, and they all have to go get a real job in a climate where it might not be easy to find a real job outside of a grocery store or somewhere that's looking for a lot of help. Well, we're going to bring up one of your guys' favorite names, Scott Boris. Ooh. Scott Boris came back into the news because last week he had pledged to pay the salaries of those released minor leaguers that were his clients. Ken Rosenthal reported that the MLBPA told him that he can't do that because <laughs> it goes against the union's agent regulations. And I'll read that quote to you. Those regulations stipulate any gifts or promise of gifts of money or any other thing with an aggregate value exceeding $500 in any calendar year by an agent to any single player or any persons related to or associated with such player are prohibited, end quote. Other agents are pretty upset about it because obviously not everybody has enough money as uh, Boris to be able to do that and offer that to their clients so they look cheap or they look like they're just not willing to go all out and do whatever they can for their client during something like this. And obviously, you know, they just feel pressured into having to do that because they feel like those clients are just going to jump ship and go to the Scott Boris Corporation. I'm going to read this other quote here from Steve Adams said, that Boris even attempted to step in underscores the matter in which minor leaguers are underrepresented. And on the surface, it's a rather backward sentiment to think that the MLBPA spoke out to prohibit a gesture that would have helped to protect the livelihood of their players. However, minor leaguers don't pay union dues and aren't protected by the MLBPA as a result. The union's objection is sensible, but that shouldn't overshadow the reality that we're past due for a change to the overall minor league compensation structure. We've brought up money and Scott Boris plenty of times recently. I know how Ralphie feels about him. Uh, yeah. But I mean, obviously, like, I see what he's doing. I see that he's trying to take care of his guys because he has the means to, and obviously it's good for his brand and his business to do that. But I totally see the other side where the other agents are like, no, it's in the rules for a reason because we don't want this to snowball, you know, in other scenarios. It's kind of in a way, it's a sort of a small monopoly in a way because he has this power. He has big name clients that he represents. He has to fight for them no matter what. That's why he, he's making his money the way he does. So it's a small monopoly and not everybody's on board with that, obviously. I see it as a power move to demonstrate to other people's clients like, hey, I'm willing to do this. And guess what? If he was able to pursue some action like that where he paid the guys he's talking about, Izzy, or like the minor league players. He's trying no, I to understand that. I get that. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I understand that totally completely. Yes. But, you know, still, he, so he is Scott Boris. Think if you're a minor leaguer and Scott Boris isn't your agent. 
but you know that if, if he was your agent, he'd be supplying you with income every month, even when you weren't playing. That would make you want to have him as your agent, which, by the way, he probably already represents like 40% of the players in the major leagues. If not more. Yeah, so it's, I think it's just a power move to yeah further the brand and get more clientele in the future because who you choose to represent you, that's literally what it is. It's your choice. These guys can have whoever they want as long as that agent is willing to take on them as a client, which I don't know that Scott Boris has probably said no to anyone ever that he could probably make money off of. So I think it's more of a, a gesture. You signal to people that have other clients that maybe they need to consider switching agencies. You're not wrong at, at that point at all whatsoever. You're actually right on point. But at the same time, everybody sees what's going on the other side of the fence is greener. Is getting greener. The trees are growing taller. What's happening on the other side of the bush is fucking dead grass. There's nothing. Monopoly. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Scout with Brendan Fraser and Albert Brooks? It's one of my favorite baseball movies of all time. And uh, the more we're talking about it, man, that's it's just a movie, right, Izzy? <laughs> the, the agents don't exist that way, and and that breaks my heart. It re- it really really does. And and if anybody's listening, says watch the movie The Scout with Brendan Fraser and Albert Brooks. It's amazing. I wish baseball was like that. And the more we're talking about it, man, it's not like that. It's just not like that. And it sucks. I just, I've never been a fan of Scott Boris as it is, man. Um, I feel like, you know what? If you're a great player, get your money, get your bag. You know, you deserve it. This guy makes it too much about that. And it's just affecting the game in a, in a different way. I don't know, man. It's just money makes the world go around, unfortunately. It's all, you know, dollar signs. And the more dollar signs you see, the, you know, the better for them. I just wanted to add something. The Dodgers, the ownership and stuff like that. And, you know, they're not losing any money. And you know who's losing money? And I'm kind of happy. Frank Record, because we're not paying for parking, man. And you know what? <laughs> Fuck that dude. I'm Fuck sorry, that Fuck that guy. If we have Ralphie's MLB potential season, there's 82 games. Who is the team? that is most likely to have a Golden State Warriors 2015-2016 finish and go 73-9, and who is the team most likely to do that? I, Ralphie, the Reds. I'm going to say the Reds. I, I, I oh, my really, God. I thought that was going to be the Dodgers. No, no. That's where that's left joke right there. You know, I know what you mean, Zach. Like, you know, like, honestly, I think that team is the most dangerous in a short season. I, I really do. Like, pitching, amazing. Offense, great. The free agents they brought in, awesome. Make the team better. At this point, you're right. I'm not even going to expect trades. But I, I, would, I would expect, like, if they wanted to make trades, they can make the team better. Man, if the Reds win the World Series, listen to this episode. <laughs> I just, I really think they're there. Suarez, uh, their third baseman, just raked, and he's healthy now, and he's really benefited from this time off. I really think that's the most dangerous team because we don't know what they're about yet, especially with their free agents that they brought in. But they just added, man. They just added offense. They added so many good things. They still got Votto. They got Castellano. They, 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 I think they brought in the right guys. Oh, God, Mike Moustakis. Um, dude, th- that team just got so much better in the offseason that I think in a short season, they're going to make noise. And honestly, I think they're the most dangerous team in a short season. With all due respect, Ralphie, games aren't won on paper. You can win the offseason all you want, but that's not gonna, that doesn't always translate into winning games. We can ask the Toronto Blue Jays. We could ask the Marlins. We could ask the Padres, who have done that several times, where they added all these players and just completely faceplants they didn't invest a lot of money into the guys they brought in. 
They didn't give Mike Moustakis like $90 million. You know, they didn't give Castellanos $100 million. They already got Votto. They already got guys. My point is, I just feel like they brought in the right guys, not not the most sexy guys, right? You know, not the, you know, the ones that were like at the top of the free agent list. And they're pitching, man. I mean, their one through five looks really, really good. So that's the only reason I'm picking the Reds. But you're absolutely right, Ricky. Like, teams do that, but now we're on a short season. I feel now guys are hungrier. Now it's like fucking beast mode, man. Let's go in there and, like, let's do it. And I feel like they really brought in the guys. Like, for example, when I look at the Dodgers, that team was already built. They were great. They were coming into the season. They didn't really bring in a lot of free agents. They traded for their guys. They traded for Mookie Betts. They traded for David Price. They didn't sign anybody to come in and be like, oh, help us win. No, make us better. And I really feel like the Reds did that with their free agent signing. Not, hey, come in here and be you. It's like, come here and help us win. Help us get to the top of the mountain, you know? So that's why I'm picking the Reds. In a short season, I think they're the most dangerous team. I was going to go with the Yankees just because, I mean, they got the Orioles in their division. Basically, big chance right there. The Yankees. But we don't know what the divisions are going to look like yet. You know, we don't ah, know. Ah, shit, you're right. Yeah. Young-wise, like, I, I, the Blue Jays I can throw into that with no free agent signings. Even though they brought in Ryu, and if he can recreate what he did last year, they got an amazing pitcher. But I would say the same thing about the Blue Jays just based on their young core. Like, this year was supposed to be Vladdy, Bichette, Biggio, right? Like, these guys were supposed to be their two, three, four guys, you know? And I was really excited to see that team. And let's just say the whole East plays each other. Don't count the Blue Jays out. I mean, they got amazing young talent. They brought in a frontline starter. I think these are the things that make you better, you know, not signing the big free agent, just, you know, making the team better. Yeah, Ricky's especially a Blue Jays fan right now with the new Stadium Beer Bros logo. He is all on the Blue Jays now. Oh, oh yeah. man, dude, that logo is clean. Too. That's got to be one of my favorite uniforms in all of baseball from an unbiased perspective. Neon pipe lettering or whatever you want to call it. Yep, and then you got the maple leaf. Uh, I, I thought it was right. a different leaf. <laughs> it is on St. Patrick's Day. Who's your guys' surprise team in a short season? Who do you guys think could win it? Personally, I think you were correct on the jersey colors, but I think it's the Philadelphia Phillies for me. Nice. We coming into last season, I feel like we all kind of had some thought that the Phillies could come in and blow the doors off of that division if they hit on all cylinders, which, of course, they didn't. And, you know, we've had our talk about Bryce Harper. I think we're all on a different level of what we expect out of him. But for the sake of how much money he's making, let's say he's making $300 million. I want him to hit 300. So if he hits 300 and JT Real Muto does what he does, Reese Hoskins, I feel like Reese Hoskins had a little bit down year last year. His year before, I feel like he was on Sports Center every night, hitting absolute moonshots. And then, of course, you got D. Gregorius, Gene Segura. I love those two guys, and I think those two players are very comparable to each other. Of course, Andrew McCutcheon is there to hold everything down in the locker room. Aaron Nola is a ace in my opinion that dude's got nasty stuff he hasn't put it together exactly where he wants era wise yet but that dude is nasty you got zach wheeler that you just poached from your division rivals the mets the mets of course still had Cindergard, but he's hurt too so there's another window of opportunity you got jake arietta as your number three i mean that team if they fire on all cylinders they can definitely blow past a lot of teams 
So the answer I was thinking of when I thought about, about this exercise in my mind uh, was the Yankees. But I actually uh, have two teams that I want to bring up who, if everything breaks right, things could work out. And they're in the same division. One's going to make MLB TT contributor very happy. Give me the Texas Rangers, Corey Kluber, Lance Lynn, Mike Miner. Why not? Why not? All those dudes have been studs at one point or another. And guess what? Corey Kluber isn't that far removed from being a Cy Young. He could win 20 games. Val, you're welcome. At Stephen Kluger. Uh, the other team I was thinking of was the Angels. If you have healthy Shohei Itani and you get production out of all the guys that they have, full season of Mike Trout, no excuses, 82 games, you better show up, bro, every day. I don't want no BS, breaking a finger, sliding into second base. Figure it out. <laughs> um, there's, there's paths for some of these teams. Think about that. My whole point with that exercise was you could almost rule in every team for 82 games. You could find a way. You know, there's a few teams where it's going to be really tough. Sorry, Mariners. Sorry, Tigers. Sorry, Marlins. But Orioles. Every, yeah, every there's there's a lot of teams. There's probably 20 some odd teams where you could go. It could happen. And guess and what? Everyone forgets that the Rays were fucking legit last year. Yeah. And <laughs> they're coming. You know, they're coming back. And every little innovation that they've been doing with their roster has worked. That opener role that they used worked really well for them. On days that they used an opener, they had the lowest ERA in baseball on those days. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about basketball really quick. You know, shorter seasons. I think we've all seen it. The better coaches win. I think in a shortened season, the coaches shine. I like, I like how the, Zach brought up the Angels. Joe Madden in a short season, I'll take Joe Madden. He's a great coach. I think the shortened season is the year of the coach. Andrew brought up the Phillies. Joe Girardi is their coach in a short season. So not only everything that Andrew just said about the Phillies as a team, now they got Joe Girardi. This debatably could be the year of the coach. I think the team with the best coach wins it. So the Dodgers you know? are screwed is what you're saying. <laughs> you know, better players. <laughs> right on point, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Leave Dave Roberts alone. I was like, give me some odds. What is Dave Roberts going for manager of the year? What's the plus? I mean – I don't know, unless you're going to make the managerial awards in the same way that the MVP has become the war award. If you want to make the manager of the year award the who won the most games award, then yeah, maybe Dave Roberts is going to win it. Otherwise, I don't think so. You don't deserve it. It looks like we're running short on time. I think tonight was very effective as far as kind of changed it up a little bit. I like it. Uh, just talking some potential thoughts regarding the upcoming season, if we do have a season. So let's just go ahead and go into our final thoughts, you guys. Jump in. I love how we talked about the game. I think we all kind of touched on what's going on. We talked about the players, the owners, how we feel as fans. Because, look, at the end of the day, guys, everybody who's listening to this, that's what we are. We're fans. We love our teams. We love our sport. We love baseball. All we can do sometimes is assume, right? Because that's all we're doing. We take what's in front of us, and it's just up to us to make our opinions about everything. But um, I think, you know, my final thought is it's sad that money has so much effect on our game, the game that we love the most. Because I know I love baseball more than any other sport. I think that's been acknowledged here. I just hope Rob Manfred's right and we get any sort of baseball. And uh, my final thought, too, is that Zach just completely changed my mind. I don't care how many games we get at this point. A winner's a winner. They're going to fight hard. Whoever's out on the field, whether it be our best stars or not, Whoever wins it, earns it. 
personally myself, I don't want to see a 50-game season, minimum 80, and then progress from there and playoffs or whatever the case might be afterwards, but minimum 80-game, quote-unquote, regular season. As baseball fans, we just want to see the sport back, sports in general, obviously, back to, quote-unquote, normal. Of course, you're going through the crisis and all that stuff, and hopefully everybody's healthy and safe, which is the most important thing, but we just want to get that sort of normalcy back in our lives players, management, and ownership as a whole, and MLBPA, get together, concrete solutions, make it happen, get it together, no more BS. Everybody else in the world is making it happen except for us in MLB. That's my final thought. God bless you all. Zach, signing off here. I'm very happy I was able to bring uh, Ralphie over to the dark side because we have cookies. One little piece of news that I saw is uh, Chris Archer is undergoing thoracic outlet surgery. This has kind of become a common thing for major league pitchers. Just a real quick WebMD, thoracic outlet syndrome is a group of disorders that result in pain in the shoulder and neck due to compression of nerves or blood vessels below the neck. This impacted Chris Carpenter's career, Chris Young, Jaime Garcia, Matt Harvey. All these guys had thoracic outlet syndrome and uh, after surgery went on to reasonable success. So maybe this is the thing that's been impacting Chris Archer for a period of time. Either way, I hope we get, you know, some version of early Chris Archer in the near future. I hope we get baseball. Oh, man, I would give anything for baseball right now. So let's just get back to that. Stay healthy. Catch up with you guys next week. You know, a couple guys that don't have thoracic outlet syndrome are Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow. That trade just keeps getting a little bit worse from the Pittsburgh Pirates every day, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Andrew's signing off here tonight. I just wanted to give a shout out to the Cubs first round pick, Ed Howard. Ed Howard was a star player for the Jackie Robinson West all-star team that won the United States championship in the 2014 Little League World Series. He's a Cubs fan, grew up in the Chicago area. He was drafted yesterday by the Chicago Cubs, his hometown team, number 16 overall. And he said that he wanted to be a hometown kid. And you always got to love a story like that. So shout out to Ed Howard. Good luck in your career with your hometown club. Just want to humor Zach and Ralphie real quick, man. The Cincinnati Reds are plus 2,500 to win the World Series. The Texas Rangers, they're plus 8,000. So, I mean, if you want to throw some money on it, Zach, you're more than welcome to, buddy. You'll be fine. Val, Val has my back. We got five on it. This, this would be the year, Jimmy. This would be the year to throw some money on both of those teams. Thank you for saying that. All right, guys. Jesus here. Um... Hopefully we get baseball back, but I am excited about uh, NBA, NHL, and I know a few guys here are excited about the MLS, especially Andrew. I want to give a quick shout out to Frank, who will be deployed for a couple months. Hope he stays safe. Can't wait to have him back. That will be it for me this week. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I just want to piggyback off of what you said. Frank is being deployed, so we wish him safety and wellness for him and his family. And we appreciate everything that he does to protect us. So thank you, Frank. Beers uh, on me when you get home, bro. Once again, this is Ricardo. Lastly, signing off, you guys. Want to thank you all for jumping on this podcast tonight. Izzy, Zach, Ralphie, Andrew, Jimmy, Jesus, and all our listeners out there. Continue to be safe. Continue to be healthy. A lot of places, a lot of states, cities, towns, counties starting to open back up. Just continue to practice social distancing. Do your thing. Look out for others. Take care of each other. And I wish you guys all a great night. We'll see you all next week. Night, everybody.